0: Oh, I'm Del Shores. <laughs> and I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson show. Straight talk. And also very gay. And now, <laughs> fucking Friday. Did you just see how I slid in? <laughs> uh, for those of you listening at home later to iTunes or Spotify, we came up on camera and Dell Shores wasn't even there right before he said, I'm going to go close the blinds and turn on the air conditioner and I'll be back before it is time to start. And he just barely was. Well, it wasn't only that ever said I just realized as my dogs are like, you know, that walk that they
1: love and they just start like looking at me and whining and I'm like, what's going on? And I thought, uh Oh, forgot to give them their treats. And, Not- uh, so I was trying to turn on the air, the, the gardeners, the, the trash person is here. And, uh, And boy, we've had
0: a week. Boy, we have had a week. Y'all, we, uh, we, right before we usually do our, what stories do we have for discussion time? And we both, nothing. There is like so much going on. We're so excited for this live stream on Sunday. We just did our like tech check. And there's some like difficulties I need to work on tonight and tomorrow. Um, And we're trying to leave town next week. To go do a very sort of wedding, so I said, "Let's just bring our honest current mental states into the discussion." And I don't feel look sure. pretty. <laughs> that was the most important thing he said. <laughs> Y'all can give Dell some comments on his visual
1: Well, you know, it's like I I usually have a little time to go like juice the hair and Uh maybe put on a little bit of eyebrow pencil because my
0: eyebrows are like albino. And- Shores, mine have started to go. In photos, sometimes this part over here starts to fade out. I'm about to have to get me a pencil.
1: Oh, well, I have the best one. Miss D'Angelo, you know, she knows everything. She told me which pencil to get. Oh, so good. Good. Uh, Anyway, so I didn't even put Uh, You know, any powder on to take the shine away, y'all? I didn't bleach my teeth. I'm so sorry. Just
0: nothing. We just rolled out in here. Okay, now we're theoretically going to have a big show. I have said we're going to cover Pete and Chastain, Afghanistan, a master bishop, four-day work week, Peter LaBarbera and Pray Away, OnlyFans, Moderna HIV trials, Date Fairy Godmother, Out Paralympians, Barbara, Beyonce, and Gaga, and more. We'll see what we get to. Yes, we will. We may, we may just get started. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. And there's one other thing that's just pissing me off. The, the, the Amazon guy leaves packages for the people behind me way down the road and around the corner for me to deliver at my oh, door. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. I, I'm not working for Amazon. You're the last mile carrier. But you know what? I'm such a codependent, I always walk over there and put their packages in front of their door, even though today I opened it with a scissors before I realized it wasn't
0: mine. I "I didn't order this perfume. I would do that every time until they stopped dropping them at my door. Just be like, sorry, this was at my house. Good luck with that dildo. Oh, you ordered some chocolates. Oh, a (laughs) caftan. I just feel like, you need to tell the delivery people to stop dropping it at my house or I'm gonna keep going through your crap. Yeah right. Um, Did so. also have a delightful lunch today, a family lunch, if you will, with Louise Beard and Rosemary Newell and Anne. that just warmed my heart before my afternoon went awry.
1: Oh, we had such a great time. Louise is sitting to the right of me right now, so if you hear laughter, she's always such the greatest audience, and uh, she she's in her house dress. She just brings these house dresses and has no bra on and we don't care we just you know it's just me and louise it's me and lulu we got me and lulu i don't give a shit. so so she's uh she said if i don't i said sit there listen to the show she said as long as i don't have to be on camera i said oh honey i'm not asking you to be on camera (laughs) we're
0: not looking for a third co-host
1: we prefer a silent partner did you see her
0: (laughs) <laughs> you see that hand getting that wine? Tell them what it is. She, she, it's non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> <laughs> we have to back up. Dwayne Pierce said they make brow wigs. Oh my! Not like a merkin for your face? I did not know that. You I just, feel like a brow wig would be noticeable. I mean, That's I get it from people who have alopecia or you know who've had chemo or you know various things that you might you know drag queens. Whoopi Goldberg just shave them off.
1: Do, uh, Emerson, when you were doing drama in high school did you ever do a role with a mustache and you had to put the spirit
0: gum? Okay. I can go. So y'all, I did a production of a doll's house in high school at the Singapore American school. And when I tell you, I was so bad in this play. I mean, I don't mean a little bit bad. I mean, my lovely high school theater director in this Ibsen play. First of all, I look back at the direction and think bless her heart that she was having to try to do this play. With us, But she told me that my character, Dr. Niels Krogsted, I believe is his name, that sometimes he gets a little nervous and he like rubs his hands together and then he catches himself and he hides them. Well, apparently I took that as the entire character note and the only behavior of this gentleman. Because after the opening night of the play, the other guy in the play, his father, who was the bishop of the Mormon Church in Singapore, I believe, Came up to me afterwards and said, You almost rubbed your hands raw up there. <laughs> I, I might have committed to this physicalization of this character a little too much. And it was like you 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 had rubbed
1: other things raw, but never your hands. Your exactly. hands are the ones that get raw. Exactly. Like at most a callus. Um well when I was in when I was um, I think I was a junior, or a sophomore in high school, we did some play called Blue Stocking. I, you know, one of the classics. Oh. And uh, it was, and I remember I, I wanted to play Grandpa Luckett, who was like 85 years old. And I sure. decided I made the choice that I would have a white beard. Uh, yes. And, you know, it was like you just had one show. Yeah. It was the hugest mistake. The next day, I was just red from that spirit gum. And, you know, yes. they don't teach you, they put, teach you to put it
0: on, they don't teach you to take it off you can tell what kind of day I'm having that I told you all about the hands and didn't even get to the mustache. The mustache. Oh, that I'm yeah, working You had a here, mustache too? Yeah, that was the real point of the story. But it wasn't the like pre-made solid mustache. They made it out of like individual strands of hair. So it was like pinched here and then spirit gummed. So the individual hairs would just fall and be in my mouth. I must have spent half the play doing this and the other half going... <laughs> what kind of spin a hair? <laughs> it
1: wasn't. What did you? Those Halloween ones where it's a clip on in your uh-huh. nose. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't seem practical. But but wait a second. I want to. I, I I'm very interested. Is in that so? When you did this this mustache, did did how did it, did you take it when you took it off? I mean, you probably had more than one show. We only had one in Zapata. Yeah. Uh, did it leave like red? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that we, well, we had spirit gum remover that you like brush it up underneath it across as you go, but it's still my face is sensitive. Well, Emerson, sensitive.
1: we couldn't afford the remover. We barely
0: had the budget for the spirit gum. That was it. Like that. Otherwise, you'd have just been holding it for yourself. Right. Um. The other big thing, obviously, we'll talk about it again at the end. We have our giant, exciting Southern Baptist Sissy's 20th anniversary reunion celebration live stream on Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. At this point, if you're watching our show and you don't know who's going to be there and what we're going to do, I don't know what you've been paying attention to. Um, it is not a reading. A couple of people were confused. Y'all, Sissy's Ends are horribly depressing until the last second. Uh, we. Don't, that's not a good way to raise money. You don't depress people into opening their pocketbooks. Well, it it sort of ends a little with hope,
1: you know, yep. and,
0: but right. before that, Oh, for not. a long time before that, it's not. Um, and wait, hey, y'all want to see, I have something special. Also, y'all can help me with something. Uh, y'all want to see a special clip that Yes. in the show? I didn't even tell you I was going to do this. Because we. I'm having a challenge, all these clips that I'm putting together. It seems like the movie clips are softer than the play clips. So I don't need you to tell me whether that's what you hear or not. I need you to tell me, even though the movie clip is a little softer, Can you hear and understand what's happening? So here's a fun little clip of Newell Alexander who played the preacher in every single version of Southern Bifty Sissies with Del Shore since 2000. I put together a montage of his very famous Easter Bunny sermon that starts with the 2000 production, goes to the 2002 and finishes with the movie. But you have homework. At the end of it, tell me, could you understand the movie even if it was a little softer? Here we go.
2: well, I see we have some once, maybe twice a year Christians here today. <laughs> <laughs> you darken our door on Easter and around Christmas, you think that's enough to keep your reservation in heaven? Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm not going to share the code it either because God is speaking through me here today. Now you can have a part-time job. You can have a part-time hobby. But you cannot have a part-time religion. You cannot be a part-time Christian. You can't mix the carnal, the secular, with the spiritual life. You can't worship Jesus, celebrate His resurrection, and then make the Easter bunny more important. Well, these pagan rituals take me off. They really do. (laughs) there was no easter bunny running around there were no eggs hidden behind the teeth feet on the cross and there was no chocolate covered bunnies hidden in the tomb mary magdalene you know mary magdalene did not have an Easter egg colored party for the disciples on the night before Christ arose. Let me tell you something else. There were no elves in the major with baby Jesus. Amen. There no reindeer mingling with the cows and donkeys. And Santa Claus did not leave gifts for our Savior and put them underneath the Christmas tree. You cannot mix it all up, my brethren. It just does not work like that. Oh, don't get me started on Halloween.! Alone.
0: All right. Uh, I, I love that. it's It's also such an a testament to his talent. You know, I think about Rosemary and Newell and Leslie and Anne and Dale and doing it for so many years how how cool of it is to see the consistency of a great performance as well. So, so there's.
1: it seems like the consistent co- consensus in the room is, in the chat room is that it works just fine, Emerson. So
0: it could be my old ears and my uh, computer that well, I do know. I gotta be honest. We come up with these ideas and say, we're gonna do these things. And of course we gotta play all these clips and things and I'm gonna spend two and a half hours on Sunday night going, please don't let the internet cause problems. Please don't let the internet cause problems. Um. Uh, Guys, I'm gonna try tonight to see if I can make the movie clips a little louder before y'all
1: see but it. But I, yeah, but before we 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 go on, Emerson, I just want to tell everybody watching first of all, thank you that you're enthusiastic about seeing this because it's it's as y'all know this is my favorite child. It's it's my favorite play I, I've ever written. It's the story of my life and. Uh, and I, the response has been so crazy over the years, and it, it makes me so happy to have Emerson, uh, who has been with me since 2006 as Benny and then all the incarnations ever since through the movie playing Mark. But most of all, I want to say Emerson Collins put this like he does this show, put everything together. So it is a testament to your amazing work work ethic for one thing <laughs> and um we're, we're we're just excited to share this with you and also to to do something very special uh twofold really uh I, I i know that it you felt it when you watched Newell Alexander in that theater how much we miss live theater and for us to be able to give back to all of these theaters that have produced my work. Many of them produce Southern Baptist cities, but also uh, we are launching this writer's search where we wanna find Southern LGBTQ plus storytellers and to help facilitate getting their stories made. So there's my big pitch for y'all. Please, please tell everybody, tell your rich friends, especially. Your rich yeah.
0: friends with a soft heart. I know, let's be honest. I do all this work because I can't write a check. Y'all, once I make that money and I can write checks, you ain't going to see me doing nothing. I'm (laughs) going to say, here's a big check. Good luck with all that
1: shit. Uh, Uh, We need to talk to all those rich people that
0: were in the play that are now rich to make sure they donate. Uh huh. But seriously, and remember, y'all, we know not everybody can afford. The biggest thing you can do is be is join us live on Sunday, comment along, tell us what you're enjoying, what you're not, share the broadcast with everybody. The more you comment, the more people will see it in their feeds, the more people we get live. And if you can't watch live, it will stay on YouTube and Facebook forever because it's not a reading. That's part of why we didn't do a reading. There's no union issues. Um, so people can watch it whenever they want in the coming weeks and all donations uh, to this fundraiser campaign through the end of august will go to this uh split Absolutely. so that's a big commercial all right and say a little prayer for spectrum it's like I'm, know. I'm not praying to jesus so much anymore but i sure pray to spectrum a lot it is the worst nightmare when you have
1: you know a, an important meeting on zoom and then suddenly you get that notice from spectrum. Oh, the area is going to be down for two hours. Yes. I have said, fuck you spectrum many times this year. So yes. all, all right, right. On to the news. All right. Well, we've got some good news. Uh, uh, Tuesday, our transportation secretary, mayor Pete and Chasten announced that they are parents. They are already parents. Uh, And he, uh, Buttigieg posted for some time, Chasten and I have wanted to grow our family. We are overjoyed to share that we have become parents. Uh, The process isn't done yet. And we're thankful for the love support and respect for our privacy that has been offered to us, but we cannot wait to share more. And we we wait, we wait
0: patiently, yes, to see. Yes. And we love that for them Uh, and super exciting. Uh, Moving on quickly, the situation in Afghanistan is obviously incredibly complicated both politically and there's giant arguments we're not going to get into since what we focus on here is the LGBTQ news. Y'all know uh, what I care about is what can we do that's useful, that's concrete, that's productive. Um, And obviously as the Taliban take over, there's worldwide concern about their extremist beliefs, the effect that will have on girls, on women's rights and LGBTQ plus people. Rainbow Railroad, we've talked about them a number of times, put out a strong statement saying partially, Afghanistan is already not a safe place to be LGBTQI people. According to the U.S. State Department, public attitudes across the diversity of Afghan society towards LGBTQI people are extremely negative. Although it remains to be seen how the Taliban will respond to international pressure to uphold human rights, early signs are not encouraging. Just last month. A Taliban judge threatened that gay men will be crushed to death by toppling walls onto them should the group regain control of Afghanistan. Rainbow Railroads received 50 requests from Afghanistan this year. They expect that number to go up explosively in the coming weeks and months. They said, moreover, there are very limited human rights defenders and civil society engagement to support LGBTQI persons at risk. However, we are currently relying on our deep international network and contacts within the country in order to reach people at risk obviously they want governments to support lgbtq refugees they're fielding three to four thousand requests for help around the world a year so there aren't lgbtq organizations there to give to rainbow railroad is the one i have found that will likely be most specifically working with people so if you sit in your what do we do frustration uh donate to RainbowRailroad.org. that's what i will be doing this week as the small thing we can do on an incredibly difficult situation
1: Right. And, you know, as, as I'm watching the news, I, you, you guys know I'm a news junk junkie. So I, you, you see so much in the news about women and and yes, that 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 their plight is is in danger. And I, I'm loving some of the, the bravery of school teachers there. And, and you know, that that mayor uh, who is speaking out and hopefully there will be some changes. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it's going to be a struggle for them. But, but th- th- we have not heard this story. And so I'm, I'm so glad you, you gave yeah. us that. Amerson. I mean, the BBC had
0: a horrible one from a gay guy who was like, I haven't left my house since this started women mm-hmm. that are refusing to leave the house out of fear. I mean, it's going, the darkness there is I going. I it's
1: to just happen. horrific and, watching that baby being passed over a fence this morning. It was just, it's heartbreaking. Um, all right. And, and, I, I don't know if this is lighter news or if it's just, you know, I do oh, like this. This is lighter hypocrisy. I definitely it's lighter it's. hypocrisy. I love yeah, I don't always read these headlines, but Emerson so cleverly uh gives us headlines or gives me headlines, but I must read this headline. He just named this simply Master Bishop, uh, and spelled it M-A-S-T-U-R. Okay, so that bishop right there, that that Happy. He looks happy. Uh, last week, Images made the rounds of Brazilian uh, Bishop Tomé Ferreira de Silva semi-nude and masturbating during a video call with another man. His uh, the, the diocese in uh, San Paulo covers half a million Catholics, Catholics, and he confirmed the man in the video was him. He said, oh, yeah, that's me. That's yo, uh, He believes the video was released by someone he lives with, Hmm. And he reported it to the police. Uh, in 2015, he was accused of taking church money. Uh, they let that slide, by the way, uh-huh. and giving it to his driver, who he allegedly had a romantic relationship with. Um, now, this is what's that's it's wonderful. The Pope accepted his resignation on Wednesday. Um, I love that he resigned. I, I I'm sure that there was some some pressure. You know. But also,
0: it's like they shift priests around the world on you know by train, plane, automobile, and broomstick to keep from firing them. This was clear. they must have wanted him gone. Well, I think it, it's just I it was too much. They said, you know what? You
1: stole that money. We let you slide. You gave it to your driver lover, and Wait,
0: now you were. Uh, but if you were, you were Winnie the Pooh in it on Zoom, and that's just a bridge you know,
1: too you, far. You know, Jeffrey Tube in it.
0: yes yes if you didn't get that reference i'm good with that uh oh if you didn't look it up it's just uh, you know you got to learn when your camera's on or not yeah what's up
2: nothing the
0: next one uh this next one comes from out california representative Well, I lost his name. Well, anyway, this out California representative has introduced something I want us to discuss, the 32-hour work week act. It would amend the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938, that's a long time ago, we could update it, to create a four-day work week nationwide. Employers would pay time and a half beyond 32 hours. The release said multiple studies have shown that shorter work weeks improve worker morale, quality of life and child care expenses, They also reduce healthcare premiums for employers, reduce employee sick days, and lower operational costs. Now, just in case you think this is just people wanting to work less, which is true, Iceland ran a trial program for four years, 2015 to 2019, reducing 40-hour work weeks to 35 or 36. So it was four and a half days without reducing prey and found it improved productivity. Now, 86% of Iceland have reduced work weeks or could negotiate for them if they wanted to. Conservative politicians opposed the idea, afraid it would be a burden on already struggling small businesses and reduce productivity. That's, uh, That's uh, a Mark uh, Teckmano, by the uh, way. Uh, Mark Yes. Uh, now, y'all, I'd, I, I'm obviously for it, but I haven't had a five day work week <laughs> since <laughs> I graduated from college. Like, you know how I'm gonna spend my Friday night? I'm gonna be trying to figure out how to up the sound levels on 40 minute videos that we're gonna play for you on Sunday. Uh, And then tomorrow I'm going to upload them. And then on Sunday, I'm going to spend all morning getting it ready. Like our work days are whatever. But for those of you that work actual, I go to job in order to support the rest of my life. How do y'all feel about it? I'm all for it too, John Martin. More time for theater. I love that. Erica said I get paid 40 hours for 38 and a half hours of work. I don't know that one and a half makes the difference unless it's like showing up Monday morning at nine 30 instead of eight. Uh, um, And I think about, you know, like I think about how many other cultures in France, I feel like they only work a hundred days a year. It feels like they're all, you know, they work four days a week. They take eight week vacations. There's whole cultures that take like the month of August off and everyone goes to the black sea or whatever. There's also, you know, cultures that
1: just nap a lot. I'm like, a big you know, yeah. Spain. You you go yeah. to Spain. You can't you, don't what is it like noon to two? Everything's closed. Makes sense. That's why they have those late night dinners. That is much my preferred lifestyle. Oh, that was late night dinners where dinner didn't, you know, dinner started about you know 10 30 or something. But uh-huh. it's a
0: peculiarly it's a peculiarly American institution, I feel like a part of our like aspirational pull yourself up by your bootstraps that like fantasy that we sell that like everybody has equal opportunity, which isn't true. Um, that like, it's, it's a brag to say, Oh, I worked an 80 hour week. You know, that we find it impressive people that work too much. that work too hard. Whose job is their whole life, whole world. Um, you know, as something to aspire to, obviously we all do different kinds of work. Some people work to live, you know, they work in order to afford and do the things they want to do. And, that kind of life. And some of us have made our passion, our work. Uh, but I don't think it should be a requirement to work yourself to dance. No, it should uh, not. And if you do, you should get overtime. That's well. Yeah. zana said overnight shifts on TV production are usually four 10 hour shifts. So the overnight people can get some kind of weekend nurses are similar where it's four night, you know, they work four nights, 12 hours or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think we just work ourselves too hard for too little. You know, there, there are other ways to make this all work out. Go for it, go for it, Mark.
2: Make stop. it happen.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. We in 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 our bigotry news. Uh, Peter uh, La-, La Barbara is that the way he's uh-huh. named? Uh, yeah, he's the founder of Americans for Truth about Homosexuality. Uh, he's kind of faded, you know. Star faded. <laughs> Uh, into bigot obscurity. Look at him. Just look at him. He just looks like a red-faced bigot. Bigot from um, the bygone era. Yes, but they need some help. Uh, he just wrote a review on the new Netflix documentary, Pray Away, uh, that I have not seen yet. I, I, I need to watch that. It looks like, uh, as at some of the new outleaders, you know, of the ex-gay conversion uh, industry, uh, ex-gay conversion therapy industry, and the trauma that it causes... And so this bigot says, as a veteran conservative culture warrior who has fought big LGBTQ activists for decades and who worked alongside several of Pray Away's interview subjects before they jumped to the dark side, uh, this documentary was very hard to watch. So don't watch it, motherfucker. Uh, he calls it anti-Christian and uh, yeah, okay. And a cheap bigoted smear. That is just another example of the um, media's corrupt status as the propaganda arm of the radical LGBTQ movement. Uh, this is from the man who tweeted a few weeks ago, basic common sense truth. Man, Men cannot be women. Women cannot be men. There is no such thing as a pregnant man. Two dudes cannot truly be married. Neither can two women. The anus is not a sex organ. Bless his heart. It's for pooping. Uh, men and women can leave homosexuality and transgenderism behind. This man has
0: never had a good fuck in his life. <laughs> I, you know, I only put it in because he is, he's such a bygone bigot from like the early 2000s. But I just love that. Like you are a grown man that wrote on the internet, on Al Gore's internet, The anus is for pooping. Well, you know, it's also for a little prostate massage and heterosexual men enjoy that just as well. It's not even strictly homosexual, sir. And that he feels betrayed by his former brethren in arms against the homosexual agenda. I love that he watched this documentary and just, though you used to be my friend, looking at those used to be ex-gays that have come back out so to speak, and just feels betrayed. By I them. think he
1: like, said it's anti-Christian, which I would say, you know, that kind of Christian. Sure, anti-anti that kind of Christian, and oh. a cheap bigoted smear. Well, yeah, it's a it's it's a smear against bigots, sir. That's what it is.
0: Yeah. So you got uh-huh. it right. Uh huh. I um I haven't watched it yet, but I actually it's funny. There's a there's an out Baylor alumni that's involved in like the publicity and promotion of the movie. That was very exciting. Yeah. Um, Okay, up next, Uh, in case you don't know, OnlyFans is an app on your telephone that was started originally as a way for celebrities or known personalities to create content exclusively for their fans. You pay a monthly subscription and you get access to photos and videos that uh, only you can see if you sign up and subscribe. Well, it very quickly became predominantly known and widely known for adult content from performers and sex workers. They announced yesterday that they will block sexually explicit content starting in October. It's reportedly an effort to raise money from investors and to satisfy banking industry pressure because you know, there's weird gray areas around sex work and prostitution and where it's legal and what isn't. Uh, they're saying users can still post nude photos and videos consistent with OnlyFans policies. But if people showed up to see butthole, they don't want to see your tasteful nude, like standing in a grove of, you know, fir trees or whatever. And it ties back to that whole SESTA-FOSTA law, this debacle that was that had the goal of fighting sex trafficking, but it ended up stifling online sex work. And, you know, Craigslist ended, Backpage ended because sites could be liable. And. Performers like OnlyFans because it gives them the power over their work and their body and their control over the content and the income stream. Um, So it's been a big hubbub on the last 24 hours and particularly because I don't know if you all saw, I noticed a a significant uptick in people across my social sphere who started OnlyFans accounts during lockdowns in pandemic. people who were out of work, people who lost other jobs who had a way to make money at home while we were in lockdown, people who paid rent that way. So also the people who were relying on it uh, exploded as well. And so they built their brand on the backs of these people and then basically just said, sorry, now we wanna try to be quote unquote mainstream. And it just seems really shitty. It
1: seems shitty and it seems stupid to me because I can't imagine. I mean, what do they get? Thirty percent, something like that. Yeah, some,
0: some twenty or thirty. Yeah, you know, they're,
1: they're going to really. I mean, for wanting these investors or, or wanting to satisfy banks or whatever, I feel like they're going to take a huge
0: hit. So, well, a tons of people have talked about that's what happened to Tumblr. You know, Tumblr tried to go family friendly and they went from a value of three of a billion dollars to three million. Oh wow! When they banned adult content, and it's basically like nobody uses it anymore. Um, yeah, well, they But, but th- there are other there are other yes. ones. Just for fans has talked about that they are started run, staffed, and managed by all sex workers, and that they say we are a porn site. We that is what we do, so people can migrate there. Um, but it's There's just
1: another one too, Emerson. That was st- that, that that I. Uh, I was told, I think by uh, my friend, Brad Loki, uh, he, uh, his friend, Austin Wolf, who's actually one of my favorite porn stars. He started for my fans. And so, it, and that has so much gay content from yeah. what I've heard. I've heard, I've It's heard.
0: also the like puritanical is like society dismissal of people who do sex work um, as, as if that isn't hard. Like for those of you who don't enjoy this kind of content these people are now full-time at home production studios, video editors, marketers, lighting, producer, they schedule shoots with each other like the the, the work part of sex work for that is work. Oh, and they have to stay in shape and stuff. That's and like- they got to get to the gym and the and also you know some fans of anything it's like more and more new different. Like you start out with a tasteful bulge and suddenly you're getting double fisted to keep you know people interested. <laughs> Escalation. No. Um, but it's just city uh, to, to, to treat people who made your brand. It's why Beyonce mentioned it in a song. Like the only reason people know it in the wider culture is from yeah. the adult content. So, well, oh, shit. there you go. Well, we're more than in, we're more than past the halfway house point of this show. And if you like the nonsense and the news that we try to bring you, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal. Beard, Colin Shores, productions at gmail.com Thank you to Bob Bielenberg, who's already made his contribution today. Thank you, Bob. It's in the ticker below. And remember, if you're listening back later on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or Alexa, whatever, our Venmo and PayPal still work then too. They work 24 hours a day, anytime. We'll take your money any hour of the day or night.
1: And and if you can, as we always say, just share us, just write a review or something. Good right. You don't, don't write a bad review and yeah, and and not tip us. Yeah. I mean, you'd like you'd be the shittiest person on the earth. Yeah. Uh, so uh, all right. Uh, I love I love Emerson that I actually have Louise by me because you know how we miss uh, laughter, and she's actually yeah. laughing at my jokes, and I feel like it's not just the chihuahuas who look at me blankly. And uh, they, they don't appreciate it. Louise is appreciating my jokes today. Yes. Uh, all right. This, uh, Moderna, uh, one of the makers of the uh, vaccines that many of you probably have, began human trials this week on two uh, Moderna-based HIV vaccines. The study is the phase one stage where it could measure vaccine safety and collect information on whether the potential vaccine has an impact on HIV. It would then move into phase two and three to collect data on whether it is effective or not. The potential vaccines have been determined safe uh, testing on humans, and they're looking for 56 participants for the trial set to begin yesterday and end uh, in 2023. This attempt is different than past because using the Moderna approach or the M. RNA approach, it inserts mRNA strands into human cells, which basically is a recipe of bits of protein that are also on the virus. And then the immune cells can look for these proteins and attack them. Uh, did y'all notice how I acted like I know what I'm saying? That I'm so scientific here? Uh, scientists say that the mRNA approach also makes it easier. To develop uh, vaccines against variants, so I hope that God, uh, this is so needed, so needed, long time coming. But I think that what we have seen with um, with the success of the vaccinations with with COVID, that uh, this this is this gives us hope.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, it's one of the most exciting things. is if they've learned so much through this vaccine around the world that they are able to uh, translate this quickly to other things and being able to quickly address variants is particularly helpful uh, in the variations on HIV strains as well. So uh, a great thing that they are doing out of what we already know. Um, I'm just gonna skip this next one completely. Oh no, I need to do it because it sets up the next one. Uh, Lil Nas X, you know, my new fave, continues to fly high. He's now the top stream rapper on Spotify. He dethroned DaBaby. I just skipped this big, long story that happened for a couple of weeks where he's been on a downward spiral. He said a bunch of anti-gay, stigma-inducing comments about people living with HIV. He got a lecture from Elton John. He was dropped from a bunch of festivals. He apologized, deleted the apology. And y'all, this whole Debaby kerfuffle somehow led to Leslie Jordan being asked about rapper T.I.'s defense of Debaby. Well, Leslie said he'd never heard of T.I., called him TMI, comedy which led to T.I. inviting Leslie for a sit-down, very respectfully in the comments, and Leslie said that they could someday when they were in the same town. It was a long ass story that's been going on. That's the Cliff Notes, I included it because it eventually made it to Leslie. Um, And then Lil Nas X did a recent interview and said, the honest truth is, I don't wanna speak on a lot of the homophobia within rap because I feel like this is a very dangerous playing field. It's more for my own safety rather than anything else. He said he feels unsafe, especially after calling me by your name. There was literally someone who chased his car and yelling, fuck you. And he started getting security. He said, I feel like it couldn't be a coincidence. Like that the homophobia against him and his work is having real world danger accompanying it. Uh, But a much lighter note, he also said he is dating. He didn't say who, but he told Variety, I found someone special now. I think this is the one. I can't explain it. It's just a feeling. And that, oh. that deserves to be so happy. I would do, I'll do the, my sissy
1: imitation. Ow! Oh. Um, I loved this story when I read it. I actually knew this story, this next story. There was a woman on Twitter that shared, I had a coffee date with a guy yesterday, and when he went to the bathroom, the gay guy sitting behind me passed me this note. And the note said, a warning uh, it was a, it was scribbled on a CVS receipt. We, it, y'all, when I read that, that it was scribbled on a CVS receipt, I go, well, that could have been like a one act play. Have you seen those CVS receipts? And he wrote too many red flags. Run. Be safe, girl. <laughs> it's like, so people ask what the red flags were. And her follow ups explain that uh, her date disagreed with her over the baby, the baby's recent homophobic remarks and praised a sexist YouTuber. And she said, well, I recognize the red flags, but I wasn't in danger. So I thought, well, I'll just stay. And of course I had to debate him. I'm sure my guardian angel was exhausted and was like, bitch, leave. Uh, There were a few other uh, glaring red flags that I won't mention, but don't worry. I would have recognized them with or without the note, the CVS receipt. But the note was greatly appreciated. It add, added some laughs to my night. There won't be a second date. So I guess girl did run. A user pointed out, men who date men, no men. You might want to listen, girl. I mean, that is a fairy godmother,
0: literally. Yes. But right, I just love that he had those that CVS receipt. Have you ever done that? Like leaned over and weighed into somebody's uh conversation at another table? I the yeah, only I've asked for chips. Uh <laughs> but I <laughs> that is not that's interrupting someone's conversation. <laughs> I just have urges sometimes. Can I have some? Are you gonna eat that? Uh... <laughs> that's surprising to me, actually. I would have thought that you would have been more inclined to have been like hearing somebody talking, excuse me, I just need to say, <laughs> well, thank you for the encouragement, Emerson. I will do that from now on. <laughs> I say, I just couldn't help but
1: overhear. I couldn't help but overhear about your marriage. And let me just tell you from that, you know, dating that younger guy, it's not,
0: from the experience, could I have that, uh, are you going to eat that guacamole? <laughs> uh-huh. But you know, look, I'm, I'm, it sounds like you and your mother just shouldn't spend that much time together. Maybe you should limit your visits to just 24 hours. I would just have thought you'd have done that at an airport or a bus or a train.
1: I, I it, I, I, seriously, I, I mean, you know, with the pandemic, I probably won't for a while, but I think I think yeah. I may start. I may, um,
0: Why not?
1: Oh, goodness. I uh, I feel like we're giddy. We are yes. tired and we're a little bit giddy. So forgive yes. us with this crazy show.
0: Like you're talking and I'm over here, like trying to like download the, mo- the movie into this app to see if I can turn the volume up on it so it can output while we're doing this. I do, I I, so I, see, I don't have the ability. Y'all noticed that Emerson gives
1: me that slide where it's just me on screen. I don't have that control and he never gives him so I can go off and, you know, uh-huh. masturbate uh-huh. or whatever you do. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Jeffrey tubing his way through the evening.
1: Wouldn't that be awful if you if you push me away and then you I came back oh 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 and,
0: and in bigotry news just a little bit of forehead sweat just a little <laughs> bit a little bit flushed but oh Dale, yeah, you've got some color <laughs> okay uh, we uh all right rolling on we talked all about the Olympics and how much I love them and we are headed towards the beginning of the Paralympics uh, which start on the twenty fourth and run. Uh, through the beginning of September. Uh, They have followed the Olympics since 1960 in the summer and I believe 68 or 72 in the winter. Outsports once again, tracking out athletes. At least 23 athletes who are out will compete in 12 sports. About 4% of Paralympians, almost double the number from Rio five years ago. The US has seven, this time right behind Team Great Britain with eight. Like this summer's Olympics in Tokyo, uh, the other Olympics, the first openly trans and non-binary competitor, Robin Lambert, there on the screen, will represent Australia in the 100-meter women's wheelchair race. Now, all of the out Paralympians are women, except for one male athlete, uh, Great Britain's Lee Pearson on the left, an 11-time gold medalist in para equestrian sports. 11 times. Wow. Sports, wow, sir. That's at that point, it's just greedy.
1: It's just they, that's like, you know, when Kelsey Grammer and
0: Allison Jane
2: winning
1: the Emmys and it's like, just
0: stop. You know, I have said for all time, once you have won an Emmy for a role, you should not be eligible to win the Emmy again for that same role. It would open up the the nominations to other people. It would ensure every year there's a new winner because Allison Janney as CJ Craig in the West Wing is one of my favorite TV performances of all time. But once we told you you're the best, we expect you to keep being the best the next three or four seasons or whatever.
1: Do you remember that awkward awkward. year where she seemed kind of a little intoxicated and tried to give it to somebody, tried to bring
0: them on stage and give it- Was it the Christine Lottie? Who was it? There was I mean, she did she forced someone I think to come up on stage. And it was her. so
1: awkward. It was it was uh, it was kind of the opposite of when Kanye told Twayne Taylor Swift she didn't deserve that award. <laughs> uh, was it Mariska Hargitay? I forget. Oh, was, I think it was.
0: You're right. Yeah. I believe it was. It was her. Uh, uh,
2: yeah. She uh, but
0: yeah, and they would never go to that because it's great for a show to be able to say we won another Emmy this year for the same person. But just for the actors, I do. I feel like once you've won for that award that. That role, we have said, you doing that is the best thing there is on television. Of course, it's going to be good again the next year.
1: I believe that uh, Kelsey Grammer actually recused himself from being nominated after he won like five or six or something. Uh, uh, I stopped paying attention
0: to his life once Camille left his ass. Well,
1: that was before Camille. This is when we like, you know, when, you know cheers so, yeah cheers and Frazier. So anyway, uh, all right. Uh, well, you know, our heroes, the Texas Democrats, after 38 days. Uh, They held out to block the GOP voting bill, and it's come to an end. So before that, the Texas Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, had signed a civil arrest warrant for all 52 of them who fled the state, including out lesbian represented Celia Israel. Uh, or C- Celia Israel, uh, I, not, I think it's Israel. But, uh, but for Celia, it meant more than leaving. It meant canceling her wedding to Selinda Garza, her partner of 26 years. The two had uh, planned a July 15th wedding on the Texas house floor. Uh, for her, it was a statement in a state legislature with a long history of passing anti-LGBTQ uh, legislation uh, she was in a fitting for her wedding outfit when she got the call to leave the state. Celinda uh, wasn't happy. She said, we got in the car heading back home from South Texas. And I said, I'm really sorry, honey. I'm really, really sorry. And uh, I said, politics is dumb. And she said, yeah, politics is dumb. Uh <laughs> She didn't say that's okay, baby. She right. Said, yeah. Politics is dumb. Uh, Israel said the two had planned on attending a country music festival in Marathon, Texas after the wedding, where, um, you know, I don't know who was performing, but uh, they missed but it. But
0: also, Celia was literally a runaway bride. Yes, I guess she was. <laughs> what, you know, What uh, or
1: what, however uh, they identified, bride,
0: whatever the uh Selinda, i you know she was like did you just convince those 51 other democrats to leave the state of texas because after 26 years you got cold feet about our wedding ceremony <laughs> like can you about, and i love that she was like i'm so sorry and she was like arms crossed i can just see it yes politics is dumb she did not say oh honey it's important you know what you're doing for the people and voting rights and trans kids and all of no she said no you ruined our wedding 26 years <laughs>
1: She was in a fitting. She goes, Honey, the, the, the waist needs
0: to be cinched. Just to, oh, I got to go. Literally got the phone call running out of the fitting of her wedding ensemble. Uh, and I can just see, Sel- you know, Selena, I hope for the rest of their lives, she's like, You made me wait 26 years and 38 days. Well, 38 maybe, days. maybe they could do some amazing wedding.
1: <laughs> on the steps uh, or something. Of just course, a statement. but
0: and I love that she wanted to do it there for our community to point out how much, how, what was done against us and is still continuing to be done as they're back. Abbott is fighting for those anti-trans legislation. Um Even using her wedding as symbolism for our community which shows why she's such a re- good representative for the people she represents and for our community. So genuine applause to the Democrats for doing something to draw national attention Uh, to the voting rights issues uh, there as we head that way. As we do.
1: You know what? I just hope it backfires so badly on them. I hope that it just activates everybody to just rush to the polls and say, you know what? Texas is blue motherfuckers.
0: I know. Same. I'm like, it's time, Beto. It's time. Beyond. It's like, I hope it makes enough people ready Uh, for him in 2020 because it's 2022 it's next year is is that election so you can bet I'll be on the phones and writing postcards for Beto is Beto running for sure I I feel like they I don't know I didn't know that it was like an official announcement but I know that's been big discussion and he's been visible and vocal again lately so hopefully we're laying the groundwork for that yes absolutely and right in ridiculous celebrity news I love this story so much Obviously, you know, Barbara Streisand has meant a lot in my life, personally, as I did Byron Seller, the story of Barbara Streisand's Basement, Blake did Blake Sings Barbara, she means a lot at our house. Barbara hasn't had any fucks to give for so long, I don't know that she ever knew how to have one. She did an interview for Australia recently uh, that was just hysterical to me. The interviewer gushed about Beyonce's magical rendition of the way we were at the Kennedy Center Honors, where Barbara was honored, and she asked was that as powerful as it looked. And when I tell you all, if you've never seen it, go to the YouTube and watch Beyonce sing the way we were. It is magical, it is magnificent. It is such a lovely tribute, a different interpretation that is very respectful. It did great honor to the song and to Barbara. But Barbara said, well, she first sang it once and I can't do a good impression. Well, she first sang it once and I didn't think it was good enough for her. I always think like a director and I want the best for my actors and singers. I know she did it over and she did it beautifully the second time. She did not need to tell anybody that story. Wilkinson asked if Beyonce knew Barbara didn't think the first take was good enough. And Barbara said, I think she knew it. I think she was the one who actually asked to do it over. She straight up just said Beyonce didn't do great, but it was much better the second time. That's just her (laughs) answer. It did not stop there. They then moved on to discuss the A Star Is Born remake with Lady Gaga. And Barbara said, at first, when I heard it was going to be done again, it was supposed to be Will Smith and Beyonce. And I thought, "Hmm, that's interesting. Really make it different again. Different kind of music. Integrated actors. I thought it was a great idea. So I was surprised when I saw how alike it was to the version that I did in 1976. (laughs) She just said, Lady Gaga made a copycat. The host said the similarities were probably a compliment trying to help it out. And Barbara said, I thought it was the wrong idea. And then she said later after they were like, well, it was successful. She said, I don't care so much about success as I do about originality. <laughs> like the amount of like unintentional shade that her direct unfiltered opinions, like Barbara, save that for your group chat with Ryan Murphy. But, but but she but she doesn't
1: really do many interviews. So mm-hmm. it would,
0: she's got this new album, another one of those albums of like unreleased tracks from over the years. I think it's promoting that. Okay.
1: All right, um, well we um you know I love her. I just love too. her. Yes. Um well uh Jack Daniel's yes, the liquor is getting into the drag queen game. I was sh- just I know that's what, it is. Like, yeah, I know. what? I mean, maybe Evan Williams, but not Jack Daniels. Or <laughs> so. But with a three-episode web series to promote Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire, a flavored whiskey, I felt like I needed to go get some. So RuPaul's drag queens, uh, Bibi Zahara Benet, Trinity the Tuck, and Manila Luzon—one of your favorites, right? Yes. Um, they star, and uh, they arrive at the Jack Daniel. Distillery for Drag Queen Summer Glamp. Uh, They compete in glamping challenges with uh, barbecue and get the product placement as they learn about the whiskey from the Jack Daniels employees before they make a pride soiree. Bibi said the idea of three big city drag queens glamping out at the iconic Jack Daniels distillery was a an experience I could not pass up free liquor. Uh, Trinity said, as someone from a small town in Alabama, I'm thrilled to be a part of a series that promotes dialogue between different communities while raising visibility of the LGBTQ plus people in rural areas. So y'all can watch them at jackfirepride.com. Jackfirepride.com. How may I direct your call? (laughs) Excuse Um, me, I'd like to speak to Trinity the Tuck uh, listen i'm not
0: really uh loving this drag queen stuff no go now i saw a, a su- something about a summer glamp. now i've done a lot of camping in my years but i i, got, I gotta be honest i'm i, I don't know I, I could be interested in a glamp. i could i could be convinced i'm you know i like a feathery wrap uh, <laughs> thing you know i'm I cur- you might say i'm curious? That, that's all. It's mostly about the whiskey, mostly, but we're not going to be there, those nice ladies. And the Baptists were going
1: to protest, but they uh, said, well, that means we have to admit we're drinking Jack Daniels.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, it's just a giant product placement commercial. But when I saw it, I was genuinely impressed because when you think about, you know, the, the, what kind of brands particularly usually target our community, I would not have thought uh, Jack Daniels in that list. So I found it all the more impressive that for them, it was a good idea to come out to, to pursue our dollars and not be worried about anybody else, you know, seeing this stuff. So does that make sense? You know, it's a little bit yeah, like, like, obviously it's pure product placement. Uh, but I was like, that's a, that's a big investment in is, a huge, in huge. a queer looking thing. I wish they would, you know,
1: resurrect Jack Daniel, save my my soul tonight uh, from uh, Sorted Lives, the series and have Olivia yes. do have the theme song. because Yes.
0: I love that. Hold yeah. on. We got to back up a little bit for a moment. Brent said, I never realized Barbara had an Italian accent. And then Michael <laughs> said, uh, was it Italian or Eastern European? Now, full disclosure, y'all. I was brilliant in Byron Seller. I won an award. I won the Desert Theater League Award for Best Actor in a Comedy. But the narrator of the play, before he imit- before he pretends to be Barbara later in the show, says, as a disclaimer... Now I don't do her, I don't do impressions in general as an excuse for doing a bad Barbara and Streisand impression. So I did not have to get good at it. But when I first auditioned for the play, I got the audition notification laying in a hospital bed at Cedar Sinai uh, for this role, for an audition three days later after I had my appendix taken out. Uh, It was twice as big as it's supposed to be for you size queens out there. And so I had to learn these audition monologues and I said, I'm not learning the Barbara monologues because I was on Percocet trying to practice the monologues. And Blake is a huge Barbara Streisand fan. And I sort of tried to do some kind of Barbara impression. And he said, no, it sounds like Marlon Brando. (laughs) You cannot do that in public.
1: Oh, you have to admit one thing about Mr. MacGyver. He, he does tell the truth. Is, he, yes. he doesn't mince his words. Unvarnished.
0: You two share that.
1: That, that uh, yes, I, we do. And it it's Barbara makes me, makes people not like me. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to bring that story yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh Wait, I'm a, uh-uh. they, that person does not listen. Y'all, you ever tell a story that you think is funny to somebody else and you think you have a moment? Uh, well, Dell shares an, an adventure with another person in my life, and they have different perceptions of the situation, and it keeps coming up, and only one party finds it as hilarious, and that's what he's referencing right now. In fairness, it is very funny. The other person is sensitive in the moment, so we're just communicating across that challenge. Mm. I you were that uh, middle finger at me
1: i was not i was not uh, not at all uh, not a little it was bit. something that was on my head in mm-hmm. my head and it just flew out and i don't know what it was um well oh we're, we're getting to the end of the show so i think it was that we need to loop back and yes. tell you all you have to watch the southern if you if you just tune it in please watch us on Sunday night, we will be back on my Facebook, on YouTube, same place you find this show. Uh, if you if you think you have not heard about it, just go to social media. It always is amazing to me when we have posted and posted and posted, and someone says, "I didn't know about it." Please share it. It is an important night to literally um, help support theaters and help us find that next writer, that LGBTQ writer with a very important story
0: to tell. Yeah, in all seriousness, uh, y'all, we are so fortunate and so lucky that so many of you have been with us for so long across so many things and so many projects and you show up and give your time. And it's genuinely exciting to ask you all to show up and support and give money. That's what things we're gonna do for other people. It's not for us, it's not for our stuff. Um, we're really excited with the work we can do for these theaters, for these writers. Uh, the whole foundation is exciting. The, the board of the foundation is amazing and doing great work, and this is just the beginning. So yes, tune in on Sunday, say a little prayer for Spectrum in my internet and in our videos, um, and I
1: promise, I promise, I promise I won't start drinking until like midway through the show. Um,
0: through, yeah, so halfway. So, uh, and y'all, if something goes awry and people get honoring in the comments, Tell jokes, distract them. Defend us. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's very exciting. Um, it really is gonna be great. Uh, we, uh, I have been in awe of the work of these actors and of Dell, and thinking how long ago you wrote this story. And I will say it here on the show cause I may not say it on Sunday night. You know, we only know each other because of this play. Um, and that is only because this play told my story uh, is why I was so scared and excited to do it the first time. It was one of the great brave moments of my life for where I was at 24 years old to accept being in this play. And I always find validation in how scary that was and choosing to say yes led to us meeting and all of the things we have done since. So one of the scariest decisions of my life led to everything we have done since.
1: Well, and also to to, to just um, piggyback on that fear You know, those of us who grew up in the church the way we did, and I have to say, when I wrote Southern Baptist Sissies, I was petrified to open it. I thought that, you know, the rapture would happen the night of the opening or something would just, uh, I really didn't think it would be successful. I didn't. I thought that it would be a big, big bomb, a critical bomb. I thought this will be my punishment for exposing the church. For exposing this part of myself, and I have to say that, as an artist, and since we're we're wanting to promote storytelling and and let, tell your story, if you're a writer, tell your story, and don't be don't be don't be scared.
0: Yeah. Say like the only thing each of us has is the uniqueness of our story, and if you don't tell it, no one else will.
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: All well, right. Well, I love you. I love y'all. Love Sunday's going to be fun. We will be back on Tuesday with what will likely be a very loose show. So bring your topics because it's chances are real good. I'm not going to research any stories and we're just going to hang out as our last show before we head to Texas. Uh, So we'll be back here on Tuesday.
1: All right, y'all. We'll see you Sunday night. Bye. Bye
0: Bye-bye now.